build you know some systems packages processes around that um which then allow you to charge a um, premium price welcome to the physio practice success show this show is inspired to help physio practice owners just like you to be the number one practice in your area for new patients hello my name is Chaz Rachi and i'm an ex-physio a multiple practice owner and the founder of physiomarketing.co. In each episode, I'll be sharing with you proven marketing strategies and tactics from top experts to help you own your area and get more new patients. Let's get started. Okay, so hello and welcome to today's episode of the Physio Practice Success Show. Today we have a very special guest and his name is Stephen King. He is a physio, an osteopath, a strength and conditioning coach, and he is the owner of the Injury Rehab Center based in Cheltenham in Victoria. Stephen and his team has not only helped patients get back to feeling better and getting them doing what they love, he has also helped over 10,000 health and fitness professionals, including elite sporting teams from the AFL, the NBA, NRL, EPL, the Socceroos, the Rafa Nadal Academy, Maloka, and the Cirque du Soleil. Stephen, what an amazing set of achievements. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me today, Chaz. Yeah, I think you, I think you missed out that I'm a very poor, uh, very highly uh, handicapped golfer as well. Um, yeah, awesome. to add that on to the end there. But um, no, amazing. really excited to be here today. And um, yeah, looking forward to chatting about prior practice success. Amazing, Stephen. Did I miss anything in that intro? Oh, look, yeah. Handicap. Obviously, obviously the golfing stuff. Uh, obviously, yeah. dabbled in a bit of tech, technology and um, you know helping uh, bring businesses in the twenty first century, uh, utilizing technology. So I'm sure we'll, we'll dabble on that a little bit today. Amazing, great. I guess the first uh, question, Steve, is um, where and when did you do your physio degree? Yeah, so that's probably uh, you know a long story in the fact that I studied actually studied osteopathy first. I did my five years masters in that and. Okay. For me, I came out of that into a small private practice and I, I guess I found I became a little bit disillusioned pretty quickly in the fact that I'd previously through my studies worked as like a sports trainer and a personal trainer and then really struggled to take those skills that I had there and work with the patients who are on the table. And then the patients who I was treating on the table with the osteopathy skills, I really struggled to get them moving. So for me, after 12 months of working in private practice, I sort of realised that the three by three treatment room wall was a little bit limiting. So I went back and did my master's of physiotherapy at the UniSA uh, in South Australia, hoping that it would help me bridge that gap to get people to the table. And while I learned a lot about pain science and neuroscience, uh, I learned a lot about communication and a lot, most importantly, I think about myself probably uh, more so. It didn't really help uh, sort of get those patients off the table. I think we did a one, two hour lecture on Pilates was the only exercise sort of prescription. So what I hoped to get from it probably uh, didn't come. But what it did allow me to do over that time was to travel around the world and learn from some of the best physiotherapists in the world. Um, and that's where I sort of started to get, I guess, more of an interest into moving more into data and um, technology and um, yeah, eventually creating my own private practice. Yeah, amazing. That's, that's a great story. So really, Stephen, you, you did osteo first because you had some sort of pull towards it and you did that. You, di you didn't really get what you really need to get out of that to get your patients moving, like you said. And you saw... How did you sort of, and this might be a really ignorant question, but how did you figure out that physio was the link to that? 
I guess there's that natural association there through, you know, the elite sports teams. They've usually got a physiotherapist on board and I was probably pretty familiar with that. It's a much bigger profession in Australia. I think we've got over 30,000 um, physiotherapists in Australia compared to, I think at the time, two and a half thousand osteopaths or, or so like that. So for me, I had that association that physio equals sport, but the reality of, of it when we got into university, as I'm sure uh, you know, and you know, all the physiotherapists listening know, uh, it's quite far from that. You know, 95% of the time is spent in a hospital walking patients around a ward um, probably not developing the skills that people really need to get in uh, to work in private practice or you know as you talk about uh, a lot which is obviously running a profitable and um, mm. you know a, a really beneficial business to not only the person running it but also to the community amazing i guess um that's a great point Stephen. i guess the next one is so you, you did your physio degree then you want to move on to physio practice ownership right so when did um when did that strike you and when did you start that process? I think for me, look, it probably started when I went back and did the masters. I sort of knew that I'd, you know, probably eventually wanted to get, go down that path of having my own business and doing it a little bit differently. I think that's why everyone goes out and does it. I think they can do it differently or, or better. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I got out and worked for a clinic, you know, seeing 90, 100 patients a week, um, you know, for two or three years in a little, you know, smaller than three by three treatment room. And, just thought, you know, on, on 15 minute schedule, I just thought well, there's got to be a better way to help people out there. So, you know, I went totally about um, re-engineering, I guess, the process and making it a pretty big open environment for people to get treated into not big, long consultations, often more sort of streamlined and premium services. Um, so really trying to change the, the model, I guess, that was traditional at the time. Amazing. So you, what, what, what I'm reading from that, Stephen, is is you, you did the degree, you started working, but you really saw there's a gap in how people were treated and you really saw there was a better way to do that and uh, you want to create your own solution right that, that's what I'm really hearing from it which is phenomenal that's what most new business owners do yeah <laughs> that's right so tell me though Stephen when you went into owning a physio practice um, going back to your master's degree of physio how much were you able to grab from the master's degree of the business components I guess that were in that degree to your physio practice was there a whole lot in their master's degree uh look as you're aware i'm sure uh physiotherapy which i think it, i believe it is changing some of the programs now which is great um, we'll, uh, focus on private practice but as i mentioned before 95 percent of the course was tailored towards uh you know working in a hospital basically and being an employee in that system and working with that type of clientele whereas uh, you know, I think I probably saw two patients in a musculoskeletal setting through the whole, you know, two-year masters of physiotherapy. Um, so there was really no business, no private practice skills, let alone business skills in the course. Um, mm, yeah, incredible. So moving on to having your private practice, and you know, you know, you and I both talked about this earlier in terms of having limited knowledge, right, in in how to run a profitable business. So how did you? Uh, go about making a business out of your practice, at least initially, maybe the first six to 12 months? Yeah, look, it probably came pretty easy to us that we did have, I guess, a big point of difference in the market. And we were pretty savvy. It was around the time where Facebook marketing, you know, you could spend $50 and hit 200,000 people in your local area. So yeah. we went really hard and we're pretty early adopters of, um, you know, social media and those types of technologies. Um, and found, look, we took our practice from zero to 140 patients. I think it was in the first sort of two and a half months or something like that. So pretty quickly, you know, which 
I guess we hadn't probably considered that we'd grow that quick, pretty quickly. We needed to find some more staff. And, and that's where it started to become difficult because right at the same time, we also had another education company, which started um, taking us around the world. So we had to work out a way to be able to try and manage you know, a practice and build a team from the other side of the world. Incredible. So you saw an early opportunity, one of the very rare people, practice owners, who saw an early opportunity for, I guess, uh, being present online, right? Facebook especially, uh, which is phenomenal that it's worked for you. Did you sort of tap into any other ways of uh, getting clients and patients? Uh, look, we're quite big and like with a lot of our assessment sort of products that we've created, there's a big tangible part there. So we found uh, lead generation in the community was good for us. So getting out to the local sports teams and utilising um, data. So going out and rather than just going providing a talk like a lot of practices will do, um, you know, to their local sports teams and say at the end of it, say, come and see us, we're awesome. We go out there and provide a lot of value um, to the sports clubs and go and assess and screen uh, a lot of their athletes. The ones who are doing well, look, we provide a report um, at the end and say, look, good job. You know, these are probably some things you can work on. And if there were some people that we needed to identify who were pretty high risk of potentially getting an injury in that season from what we know from the research and bringing that into practice, then we get them in. So from each one of those, we don't, we don't have 20 new patients the next week. So for us, that was a really tangible strategy and, and something now look, we've been able to teach, you know, over, you know, 10, 15,000 people around the world how to start to, you know, do some of those things, not only to, you know, um, get great results for their clients and you know help improve their sports teams results and performance but also to help grow the business incredible so i'm assuming Stephen, like when he started the business and he's trying to get your word out there you probably wouldn't have been the only practice approaching you know sporting teams and patients right you mentioned before you had a very specific and a unique way of approaching things would you say i mean you know you and i both know you know normally because your practices would say we guarantee your 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 satisfaction at the end of treatment and things like that, uh, which is great. It's obviously what you want, but um, tell me a little bit about what your thought process in how to sort of stand out really to get the number of clients that you did in the first number of weeks that you mentioned. What, what was your thought process behind that? Yeah, look, for us, it's big driven by data. And so data, data from a business point of view, but more importantly, data and being able to show what we can do to help um, the patients and clients. So for us, being able to measure someone's you know, flexibility or their strength or their balance and then be able to show a tangible difference in that really is quite different to the subjective thing. We went into most physio practices and, you know, they'd push on someone's arm and go, oh, look, yeah, it feels a bit weak at the start of the session. And then, you know, at the end of the session, they sort of get on there and push again and go, oh, that's a bit stronger. Whereas we can actually show them, you know, the first clinic using, I think, force plates in Australia. So, you know, um, you know, be able to show people tangibly the changes you were making in their strength or their power and that sort of stuff. And be able to show, look, actually, we, over the last two weeks, we've improved, you know, three kilos, which is actually a 35% improvement. People get the buy into the process and they also then go and talk about that as well. So when you've got a unique, I think, sort of selling point, I guess, USP, um, something a little bit different that stands out, people then start to talk about it. And we made it really easy for people to do that as well, having lots of different material and lots of different reports that pe people would actually walk away from the session and be able to go and show someone. Um, and we had a lot of people who come in, uh, even still now in the limited practice that I am sort of doing a few clients is, you know, most of the referrals come up. Someone showed me this report you sent and it looks really cool. I was, I was really interested in getting that done as well. Incredible. So really what I'm hearing from that, Steve, is... Uh, you really had to think about really the outcome measures, right, of, of what you wanted to spit out, not just the standard ones you probably learned through uni or the VAS or that kind of stuff, but
but what are the actual outcome measures that are tangible that they can understand that, hey, listen, I'm actually getting better in terms of a person, a layman, understanding what they're going through in terms of the injury or whatever it is, they were easily able to understand from a non-medical outcome measure point of view, so to speak. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, look, and the great thing that data allows you to do is to get everyone on the same page and be able to communicate effectively. A lot of the times, I think, as physiotherapists, we can overcomplicate things a little bit. Uh, and so mm. by our take things back into simple things like numbers, uh, anyone can sort of understand that and obviously see the, um, the results, but also the progress towards the goals. Um, and really take a lot of the stuff that we're reading, the, you know, the papers, and we're doing a lot of this research stuff, but make it really easy for people to implement into practice uh, for the clinicians that we teach or for the patients, be able to comprehend that and understand the meaningfulness, I guess, and the saliency of those numbers to get them to achieve their goals. Amazing. Sounds great, Stephen. So sounds like you've got some great ones on board now. Yeah, things are moving really, really well, right? But as we know, in business ownership, there's going to be challenges, always going to be, whether it be short of staff, short of physio staff, or there's too many patients, right? Or uh, whatever, uh, in whatever selling proposition you have for the market is not strong enough. So, and every business owner goes through this. So what is your mentality and approach to any sort of problems that come your way? Because I know that some practice owners may get a bit overwhelmed by this and they sort of get frozen by this. What's your approach in, in growing a successful practice like you have? Uh, look, I think for me, uh, the big thing is, I guess, is seeing or looking at the take a step back first, I think is usually pretty important and, you know, trying to work out what the end goal is and that you want from, I guess, the challenge there and sort of working back from that method, I think, rather than trying to sort of come up with a solution before you know where you want to end up. It's really important to try and work out, um, you know, where you want to end up and then work your way backwards to any challenge there. So I think, if you start, you know, uh, you know, trying to go about solving the problem before you understand, you know, what the outcomes are going to be, um, you know, where you end up when you solve that challenge, I think you can get a little bit lost and end up doing a lot of work, which, you know, sometimes is a little bit wasted. And I was definitely very guilty of doing a lot of uh, sort of work and getting stuck sort of, you know, spending you know, hours and hours on little things, which actually weren't that meaningful to getting you know, where we wanted to be in the end. Amazing. So there's a saying, there's a saying Stephen, uh, begin with the end in mind. That would have been something pretty strong, isn't it? And very uh, much so. That's right. And there's that there's that rule, the 80-20 rule, where they say 20% of your tasks really create 80% of the outcome that you really want. And there's the 80-20 on the 80-20, which is 4% of the tasks that will create 64% of the results you want. So I'm hearing, Stephen, that you've done a lot of this. You've sort of cut down everything that you need to do and focus really on what's really going to work and Forget about the rest, at least for now, until the ball gets really rolling. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Cool. So I think we've already covered a few things that makes a physio practice profitable. But if you had to sort of sum up in a few ways, maybe the top three things, Stephen, that you think uh, makes a profitable physio practice, what would they be, you think? I guess it's, it's how you see profit. And I guess if you just look at the bottom line, I think, um, you know, having that unique selling point of view, having, uh, you know, streamlined sort of processes and 
you know, different packages or sort of specialties. I think if you try and be the jack of all trades, you know, you'll you'll do okay. Um, but I think the more specialised you can get into particular areas, the lot easier it is to be able to market towards that to get more of your ideal clients, which will then end up generating more of new clients, as well as the better outcomes, you know, you'll get there. So, you know, I think my advice, uh, you know, to everyone out there in that um, sort of space is, don't try and be the jack of all trades. Try and find out the types of patients you really enjoy and give you energy and that you tend to get good results with mm. and build you know, some systems, packages, processes around that, um, which then allow you to charge a um, premium price. Like I should charge here in sort of Bayside, Melbourne, you know, 50% more than probably any of the other clinics in the area. Um, it's just by the fact that you can utilise, you know, definitely a, a, like a strong niche, and utilize a lot of technology, uh, which is becoming more accessible, more affordable now, um, which again, helps you stand out from the crowd. And people walk in here and they go, oh, this is a little bit different to you know, what happens down the road or other physios I've been to before. Mm, amazing. So you're 100% right, because they say, uh, they say there's three things that moves the market. They, first of all, you have, if you have a starving market, you pretty much got it made. But as you know, when you have lots of physio practices around you, Right. And like you said, Stephen, if you tend to be the jack of all trades and you really will be master of none, you will end up helping nobody. Right. And I mean, what I'm hearing as well, Stephen, is a lot of business owners, they they have this what I'm what I'm feeling to be is a fear mentality of just niching down and focusing on one area that they want to specialize in. Right. Um, what is I guess I mean, you, you've gone through this, you explained that. What is something that I guess you can pass on, Stephen, who is a bit nervous towards niching down to one area? What, what can you say? Uh, look, it makes life a lot easier. If you're really clear on your, you know, your message um, to, to the people that you're trying to attract, you're really clear on the things that, as I said, are going to get great outcomes for people and you can really set up your, your practice and your processes around that. It's going to be much better results for the people you're seeing in the community. We've all, all only got a certain amount of time for, you know, to see patients during the week. It's really trying to make sure we can maximise that time for the people we're going to get the maximum results for, I think. And, you know, you can get great results, you know, sort of short-term results for lots of different people. But I think the more niche you can get, the better long-term outcomes you can make uh, for the people. Also, you know, we talked about being profitable in practice. Like that obviously comes from a financial point of view. But for me now, that's also from a time point of view as well. And that allows me to then have the time to be able to do some of the other projects that I want to do as well. So being able to niche up, I guess, allows you to again, charge that extra, which then allows you to facilitate maybe some of the other things you want to do outside of the, the three-by-three treatment room too. 100%, cool. Because what I found, Stephen, as well, coming out of uni, because you're not really, you, know, you, don't have a, you don't have a whole lot of business training, you kind of feel a bit, for a lack of a, a better word, maybe guilty of, you know, charging what you should be charging because you're very, very specialised. That's something that I know that I had to battle through when I own my practices but by niching down. So once again, I guess the, the message I'm hearing uh, here, Stephen, is niche down. That way you can get your systems very, very, um, very specific. You can hire specific people and you can actually help um, who, who's coming to you in a very, very precise kind of way rather than using all the tools, right? Which is amazing. Cool. So um, in terms of a physio industry now, Stephen, in the next five to 10 years, where do you see us going? What do you see? 
Uh, look, I think there's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, look, technology is going to be a bigger part of what we do. Look, obviously, my big background is from the assessment uh, sort of process and quantifying, you know, a lot of the measures and physical capacity of people. And I think over the next you know, five to 10 years, we'll totally be able to automate a lot of those processes. So a lot of those skills, I think, will, will change. So the people who aren't utilising technology, you know, uh, you know, we'll get left behind a little bit. Uh, so I think there's going to be some stuff there, but it's also going to allow us to, you know, maybe make a need for us to continue, continue to build our skills further in some of those other sort of softer skills, I guess, in the communication and, you know, understanding your pain and um, goal setting and those sorts of things, which are getting spoken about a lot more now. I know when we first started talking about that, uh, you know, with objective data 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't really spoken about at all. Um, but I think those areas are going to be the places that physio is going to stand out because I think a lot of that other stuff um, will be able to be, you know, replaced in essence, um, you know, via technology um, from some sort um, point of view. I think there's a lot of uh, disruption going to happen from some of the big companies coming into the industry as well and how that's going to affect. And I think there's going to be some challenges in the industry from some of the different insurers and stuff, which is, um, you know, why I've pretty much totally moved away from all insuring bodies and that sort of thing. Because uh, I think that's going to be—it's going to become a very outcomes-driven space. I think um, as we're starting to head towards the, uh, I guess, more the American-type system that appears we're sort of going down that path. So you're going to have to be justifying your results, and that's where obviously data um, and a great assessment comes in. I think physios often don't—they do a great job. They just don't show you know the people they're working with or the third parties that are sort of dealing with these clients the great results they're doing. And I think that's where hopefully technology will be able to. Um, I guess, provide us some more evidence base of the value that physiotherapists can provide in practice too. Amazing. So two things, um, move towards tech, get tech yep. into your practice, number one, and then make sure that you streamline in a way so you can definitely show other people the benefit of what you're doing. In other words, yep. two big, big things. I really, I really do agree. Now, Stephen, tell us, if anyone us uh, want to reach out to you and your business, how can we do that? Uh, probably the easiest way to do it is to head to mattassessment.com, uh, Movement Assessment Technologies. That's my education company. Uh, or you can also head to my podcast, 21stcentury.physio uh, podcast, uh, and check out there. All the details are on there. Um, yeah, really love connecting with physio owners around the world um, and welcoming, you know, helping them improve their assessments and bring their practice into the 21st century. Amazing. Stephen, thank you very much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, Chad. No worries. Take care.